0: This is Gotham TV Podcast Episode 123 about Gotham a Dark Knight season four, episode eighteen. That's entertainment. I'm David Mazooz and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Drew Powell, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast.
1: This is Robin Lord taylor and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast.
0: Welcome back, Gothamites, to this episode of Gotham TV Podcast, episode 123, where we're looking at season 4, episode 18 of Gotham. That's entertainment. And what an entertaining episode this was. Um, scarily entertaining and with huge implications for the Gotham universe, mm-hmm. I am
1: one of your hosts, John, and I'm your other host, Derek. Welcome back! Yeah, what a perfect name for this episode, really. That's entertainment because it was, it really was. <laughs> um, and what a
0: chaotic concert in downtown Gotham uh, it was for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, welcome back, Gothamites, to um, Gotham TV podcast, and of course, please. Share the love, share the podcast and subscribe, rate us and leave a review of Gotham TV podcast over on any of your favorite podcast catchers where you can go and find your favorite podcast catcher by going to GothamTVpodcast.com and going to any of the subscribe buttons. Uh, where you wish to listen to our dulcet tones talking about Gotham.
1: Uh, yes. So please, um, head on over, share the love, share the podcast. Absolutely. And if you are listening and have never sent in feedback before, make sure that you send in your line of the week or moment of the week for each week of Gotham for the next couple of episodes. There's only four left to go because we will have our final competition winner announced on our final episode, episode 22 of Gotham in just four weeks time. So, um, so send it in. The winner will hope Hopefully, as long as uh, the production of the statue has completed, we'll receive a statue of Oswald Cobblepot from Diamond Select Toys. So, yeah, hopefully we'll get a winner out of all of our feedback that we've received over the course of the season. It's a really good prize. It's It's a a beautiful
0: looking statue indeed. Mm -hmm. So whoever wins is in for a sure treat. uh, And especially if they are a massive uber fan of the Oswaldy
1: Cobblepots. Mm hmm. And one more thing we probably need to mention. John, I've come to the realisation that I really hate that Gotham's on Thursday nights. Yes, me too.
0: It really uh, messes with our weekend, and that's going to be a little problematic moving forward. Uh, We've got a few weekends where we're not able to record due to other commitments, and so for the next few weeks our schedule of release for Gotham TV podcast
1: is going to be, uh, how shall we say it, esque, a little erratic. A little messed up, yes. 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 But the good news, I suppose, is that if Gotham is confirmed for season five, we know for definite it cannot be on Thursday nights on Fox anymore because the NFL is back on Fox and that is a huge amount of money that Fox has spent on it. So they get Thursday night football from next season. So Gotham will be moving in the schedule. A good thing for us, I think. I think so. <laughs> I hope so. And certainly let's hope and
0: keep Every item crossed, fingers, toes, legs and arms, uh, for Gotham Season 5. I have to say, given how solid, how good, how just crazily good, um, and just the twists and turns in this show, um, I really can't see them not giving it a Season 5, but I suppose mm-hmm. stranger things have happened,
1: but yes. Uh, we are very hopeful for a Gotham Season 5. Yeah, and let's just remember last year it was confirmed in May of uh, of 2016 that we were going to get Season 4 of Gotham. So we're not anywhere close to that yet. We've still got another month to go before you'd expect to hear about a renewal for Gotham. So have to keep our fingers crossed, but uh, pretty hopeful after these awesome episodes the last couple of weeks.
0: But we still have Gotham Season 4 here, and I think we should head on into our spoiler-filled review of
1: Episode 18 of Gotham. That's entertainment. Derek, what are some of the episode details? Well, the episode was written by Danny Cannon, one of the best writers, really, on Gotham. The, f- the creator of the show, as we all know, uh, obviously really in touch with the characters and really knows what he wants to do with each of them and the path he wants them to take. So always great to see an episode written by Danny Cannon
0: yeah definitely so influential from the get-go with uh, original showrunner bruno heller and of course john stephens latterly Mm -hmm. Uh, so really really good to see him back here with his pen with his typewriter uh,
1: penning this episode of gotham absolutely and the episode was directed by nick Copus. he's done a fair few episodes of gotham so far in season one episode 15 he introduced the Scarecrow. In season two, he introduced Mr. Freeze. And he also did Mad Grey Dawn, which was episode uh, 12 and 15 of season two. And this season, he did The Sinking Ship and The Grand Applause, an episode we both really enjoyed. Yes. Uh, Really
0: high hopes for this episode with such talent behind the camera in the director's seat and behind the desk at the writing desk. (laughs) All right, John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for this episode of Gotham? Sure. A downtown concert and the members of the moral authority of Gotham become Jerome's next target. As he hijacks the concert, Jervis Tetch and Scarecrow hijack a Wayne Enterprises chemical facility to bulk up their stocks of laughing gas to make their deadly toxin. Meanwhile, Barbara discovers her destiny as her loyalties shift, embracing her new associates but shunning Tabitha. With the Arkham inmates still running freely in Gotham, they are only getting more difficult to catch for Jim Gordon and the GCPD, but Jim is rewarded with inside information from an old friend. However, the tension escalates as Jerome demands the presence of his brother Jeremiah and Bruce Wayne at the concert, and reluctantly Jim and Lucius Fox have to turn to Bruce for help. Meanwhile, Tetch and Scarecrow hijack a blimp to disperse Scarecrow's concoction, and Oswald is revealed as an informer, and is forced to ride the blimp with the hypnotised pilot. Back at the concert, chaos ensues, and the doom-laden blimp appears on the horizon, but just in time, Lucius Fox's plan works, and Jim is able to take down Jerome for good. With order seemingly restored, Jeremiah returns to his home, where an unexpected present threatens to change gotham
1: forever i think we should put the word order restored in quotation marks uh, here because it's it's gotham type order yeah Uh. Yeah, for five minutes (laughs) yeah exactly it was literally five
0: minutes of order and then we get a big white smiley face wearing a flamange of colors that range from green and
1: purple uh, and having a big Pouty red lips there as well. Yes, I'm certain we're going to be talking about that one. Uh, Let's get into our top five case notes, John. Let's start off with something happy.
0: Yes, Bruce's
1: birthday celebration. Happy birthday, Bruce Wayne. Happy birthday, Bruce Wayne, indeed. Do you know what I really liked about this? Just a nice little touch. You know, in the comic books, the Joker was born on Batman's birthday. He was indeed. Yes, so on this show we get Bruce Wayne's 18th birthday and the birth of possibly Jeremiah as the Joker. Yes. Nice touch. Do, Gotham. Do we think
0: possibly or are we actually calling it and saying yes, we got
1: Jeremiah as the Joker. So many people have been caught out calling Jerome the Joker that I'm not I'm not willing to step in until he comes out as the Clown Prince of Crime in the future. Well, yes, we <laughs>
0: still have that confirmation, but certainly for now I think at least for me, I'm gonna call it, but yes, Bruce's birthday celebration brings omens of doom for Gotham, but not for him, uh he's turns 18 here, yep. and we get Alfred giving him the keys to what could possibly be described as his first Batmobile. It doesn't look very Batmobile, but it's black, uh,
1: which is all it really needs to be honest. It's also confirmed that it's very difficult to see at night because it's a non-reflective black surface. It's got a V8 engine inside it. It's got some proper power in there. And what's really important... I think, cause I think it's really cool is that it's a Ford Mustang. The original Batmobile from the 1966 Batman show was a Ford concept car called the Lincoln Futura. So nice little reference there. You probably there you wouldn't good. expect in the, in the movies to see a reference like that when they build the new brand, Batmobile when it comes in first, but giving Bruce his own Ford concept car as his first Batmobile does make lots of sense. It's a really cool little reference. Yeah, definitely.
0: He still has to pimp it out, of course, to mm-hmm. give it its go faster uh, bat wings so let's see how he does uh with his new batmobile in the garage and of course it is bulletproof as Mm -hmm. well which is very important for the line of work that bruce wayne is about to get into Mm -hmm. Um better be safe than sorry says alfred and i think he's probably right i think given all the crazy stuff that
1: is going down in Gotham at this moment. I think he is. And also, as if to prove how difficult it is to see the car, Bruce and Alfred were having a conversation for about three or four minutes right beside the car, and Bruce didn't even notice it. <laughs> yeah, I think he should also <laughs> go to Specsavers
0: um, and he should get a little gift uh, card for Specsavers from the person that actually interrupted and gatecrashed his party, Selena Kyle. That must have been what she brought him. Uh, because otherwise, up to that point, the guests for... Uh, bruce wayne's birthday party we're a little thin on the ground mm-hmm. just alfred but we get selena gate crashing arriving just in time to rob bruce of his birthday tradition of blowing out the candles yeah. on his cake
1: it was a lovely scene i really liked it was really it. A good nice, a nice yeah. surprising arrival of selena, as always uh, when she arrives at wayne manor but finally i think after four seasons she's finally called out what we've been talking about how poor is the security in Wayne Manor? She calls it lame. She says the security system in this place is lame. Um, (laughs) And she's right. She always seems to be able to get in. You'd think with the attacks of the League of Shadows, with all the kidnappings that have happened, with Jerome coming into his house, that at this stage you would have metal bars on every window and no way to break in When even when they're inside. Bulletproof glass. But hey, we've got Selina. She does have a a way into into his heart and into his home. Yes. Um, Although I think...
0: The security that Wayne Mansion would need is definitely
1: just a big metal box around the mansion. Yeah, maybe Jeremiah can rebuild the cave for Bruce. A nice little reference from Alfred as well when he's talking about uh, Bruce's seventh birthday, when he's saying it was one of my favorite birthdays because you were there, you had a special present from Thomas Wayne that you loved so much, and you said you would take out some bricks and you would build a special home for it, one that only you knew about. A special cave and a special home for it. That special cave, could that be the Cave? Is this something that Bruce still has in his mind to build for his brand new Batmobile? I really
0: hope so, um, because I think that should be Alfred's nineteenth birthday present to Bruce. <laughs> you know, whilst Bruce is out of the house, Alfred should be there uh doing um his redecoration of the Cave.
1: Love it. Shovel in hand, yes. digging out much bigger space uh, for his, for all the new Batmobiles to, to be seen in future. Uh, but no, I did really like these scenes. I know that um, that the guests at the party were quite low. We'll probably see in future seasons or future versions of Bruce Wayne that he does usually throw quite a spectacular party for his birthday. But I think Bruce has been doing a lot of partying over the last couple of months. And maybe he just needs a quiet day in with a cake and his best friend and... His other best friend, Selina. It's quite nice that she popped over. But I like that she calls out. She has no idea it's his birthday. Yes. In his 18th year, it has been crazy busy uh, and eventful for Bruce Wayne. Absolutely. One final thing I want to point out about this scene, which I really liked when Jim and Lucius arrive in the house and are explaining this big plot that's going on. Selina is absolutely channeling her inner cat. She's sitting at the table completely disinterested with this thing that's going on. She's one step away from... Cleaning her body uh, as she's waiting for this whole thing to blow over. I like that moment. She's not. She doesn't get involved. She doesn't go with Bruce to the to the concert or anything like that. Um, she just seems completely disinterested. Proper black cat.
0: Definitely, definitely. (laughs) On to case note number two, the Gotham
1: Music Festival. Is this the first annual Gotham Music Festival, or will they never have a music festival in the city again? After this one, I think (laughs) it is cancelled forever. Um,
0: Here, again, another gate crash, this time of the Gotham Music Festival by Jerome, who has in tow the leaders of Gotham, that include the new mayor, uh, as well as the police commissioner, and some moral Authority members of Gotham. I think there's a bishop there. There is yeah. a, you know, a know it all effectively who probably writes for some kind of paper that just tries to tell everyone how they should
1: live their life. Right. And um, that kind of thing. <laughs> the daily, the daily mail of Gotham City basically.
0: Effectively, <laughs> yes. And of course they are all strapped with bombs around their neck. And of course Jerome has a release trigger so that if he is shot, wounded taken out then as well like a few of these um unfortunate hostages uh they will all be taken out yes. um yes we see a bit of head exploding going on here as some of these uh, hostages really are used to reassert Jerome's control over this situation i think the priest goes the police commissioner goes so ultimately um yeah that was Kind of interesting to see, just to see these heads explode
1: like a melon. It was, and quite surprising. Once again, things that Gotham are doing on their show are... Shocking for their time of night, I suppose. It's on you know eight o'clock in the evening in the US. You know, it's a really surprising thing to have somebody's head explode or two people's heads explode on stage and in these in these scenes. It still surprises me what Gotham can get away with sometimes. But it is quite interesting. We have our brand new mayor here. Uh, we haven't seen a mayor since um, since Mayor Aubrey and since Oswald Cobblepot were mayor. So. Brand new person in that, in that place, and the first order of business is to get kidnapped by Jerome. Yes. <laughs> unfortunately. Also, I know you say police commissioner, but it's not called out exactly what his position in police force is. We did see another police commissioner earlier on in the season, uh, a different actor playing him, but we know that Jim Gordon will eventually become police commissioner. Um, there may be an open position if that was the police commissioner. Definitely. Um, there will be an open position somewhere
0: mm-hmm. in the GCPD. I would say being, the right hand man of the mayor might make him the commissioner, but Maybe. yeah, it wasn't actually confirmed. Yeah, um, but, but let's really see. important in that position to not lose your head. Well, unfortunately, he didn't uh, succeed in that brief on and remit of his job. But mm-hmm. it wasn't down to him; it was down to Jerome. Great thing is then taking over this music festival means that the music takes a really nice batman
1: theme as they're dancing to the old batman 66 theme it's so good good, isn't it i just thought it was really impressive that they had it. i saw something on reddit during the week when there was photos of the gotham music festival of jerome standing on stage and somebody was commenting i'd love to see him on stage dancing to party man by prince that would be a nice little tie in there this is even better, and I didn't expect yeah. it at all. It's really cool having that moment when they're all dancing to the tune, because that happened quite a lot on the TV show uh, back in the sixties. You'd have them actually dancing to the theme tune, so or fighting to it, I suppose, almost like that. But despite all this frivolity on
0: stage from Jerome, he is there with a purpose, uh, and he wants Bruce Wayne and Jeremiah as hostages mm-hmm. on stage. Otherwise, as we say, the the hostages up there are going to lose their heads. So we we get here then a nice little bit of a plan from Jim, who's who ultimately has to cave into this once the police dude up on stage gets his head blown off mm-hmm. and uh, heads over to Bruce's Wayne Manor to enroll him into, as, as well as Jeremiah, into this plan where they will be rigged with a radio frequency that blocks the the frequency of Jerome's trigger device. That ultimately works here, and it's really, really good. And we see then Bruce and Jeremiah up on stage, again with bombs around their neck, uh, and you really get a sense of Jerome's jealousy of Jeremiah, founded on him being treated badly, but Jeremiah has been allowed to live a, a more luxurious uh,
1: life in, in Gotham. Well, yeah, Jerome had to muck out the elephants and you know how big those are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, now that's what I call a pile of, <laughs> but
0: certainly I think here as well, really important. Jeremiah is called out as being just as crazy as Jerome by mm-hmm. Jerome because it's in his DNA. Uh, and it, he really uh, tries to prove that with the flick knife that he hands to Jeremiah to get him to have a go at Jerome himself. But the plan does fail. Um, Whilst Jeremiah does go and attack and lunge for Jerome, Jerome is quick enough to knock his brother to the stage floor. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yes, whilst it fails, it does show an insight that, Jeremiah is willing to go after his brother here. But, of course, this is only one part of his plan, as we see a huge blimp appear on the horizon uh, around the music
1: festival. And just one other thing about the plan from um, Lucius Fox, I thought it was quite cool that the idea was effectively that Bruce would get on stage or get close to the stage, stop the ability of Jerome to keep blowing people's heads off, and then the snipers that are on each of the buildings will take them out. But Jerome's much smarter than that. He already has his gang up there ready to take out the snipers. So when Jim gives the order, they're the ones that shoot and take out the snipers. Cool moment. Yes. But it made me forget about the fact that Bruce still had the radio blocker, radio wave blocker on him. So when later on we see Jerome try and explode the head of the mayor, it does work. So Lucius, I suppose, his part of the plan went the way it's supposed to. Yes, absolutely. And of course, we'll bring this
0: up later on in uh, one of our case notes. But Jim absolutely then focuses in on Jerome. He's like, enough is enough. Mm-hmm. I need to get this guy. And um, so, yeah, really, uh, really good. Um, and of course, this massive blimp brings us onto case note four. And who's in the blimp? Only Penguin. Penguin... In a blimp. Like snakes on a plane. Like snakes on a plane, penguins on a blimp. (laughs) Um, And they will take out the pilot (laughs) for sure. Uh, Yes, this is the other part of Jerome's plan both Scarecrow and the Mad Hatter taking a a huge leap forward in the production of the Joker serum, Mm. the concoction that will turn you smiley and crazy all in one go. And and we find out here that as well, we've heard that what is Oswald's purpose within this plan of Jerome's? Yeah, You know, initially it was that's where they could hold their brunch meeting, that he would provide the money Mm -hmm. and this kind of thing. But Ultimately, what we find out here is that Jerome knows Oswald's connection to Jim Gordon, uh, that old friend, you know, and his purpose is to tell Jim of Jerome's plans. Jerome wants his plan to be known, uh, as we'll certainly see later on in the podcast. But here, Oswald's purpose is absolutely revealed and so he ends up on this blimp because skirko and hatter knock him out and then tie him to the blimp whilst it's laden with the batch of the joker serum that mm-hmm. has been made at the wayne enterprises chemical labs i love that moment where harvey goes racing to um the labs only to see that The chaos has been left in these labs as well. Most of them are all frozen. One of them is laughing insanely, presumably exposed, whilst the lead scientist in there uh, manages to, to get some information to Harvey Bullock. One of the things I really thought was interesting, if you saw a ball like device beeping with a noise steadily increasing and you were a security guard. <laughs> would you continue walking to it? No, no, neither no. would I, it's but they did. Yeah. And they got, it was a, an ice bomb, mm-hmm. which was very cool. Yep. Um, but certainly. I think his security guards, Uh, a bit like Wayne Manor, Wayne Enterprises' uh, security is
1: also a little lame here. I think they need a new head of security. Uh, Operations, maybe. Definitely. Possibly Lucius Fox coming back, (laughs) I think.
0: (laughs) Definitely. But I love the fact that this serum is on a blimp you know we've seen in a lot of the wide shots of gotham certainly mm-hmm. in season one and um, we have all these blimps you know giving it that lovely air uh, of timelessness again you know this idea that they're in old sedans but they have mobile phones yeah. you know the idea that that the phones are still very old looking yet on the desk yet they have super duper technology
1: when they need to. Yeah. And The it, TVs are all CRT TVs or all the flat screens. Exactly. You know, even in Wayne Manor, which is expected to be slightly different. But yeah. Yeah. I love that timelessness and. The blimp is actually quite an important feature of the cartoons. The Batman animated series used to have them on there quite a lot. We saw them in the computer games. We have blimps in them as well. So it's nice to see them actually set something on a blimp. I remember back in episode three of our coverage of Gotham where we were talking about Balloon Man and we thought that his modus operandi would include a blimp flying through the air of Gotham. But no, um, I think there was a mention of it at that stage, but it wasn't actually used in the episode. It uh, would have made the episode much better.
0: All bad plans are made so much better with the addition of a blimp, mm-hmm. uh, for sure. If you think of View to a Kill, the James Bond movie True. with Christopher Walken, really great scenes there. One of my all-time favourite James Bond films. Fantastic. Made even better by Crazy Walken on a blimp. Mm-hmm. Here we have Crazy Oswald on a blimp. And again, really, really good. I mean wh- Oswald. What better way to disperse... Evil, toxic, laughing, joker, gas, serum, (laughs) slash, poison.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, Really, really good. Yeah. But, of course, I really like the way then that Penguin really just gets trapped in the situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love the fact that Jim is saying, no, you're going to help me pilot this blimp out over the water. (laughs) like penguin's response of i don't even drive my own car you know (laughs) as he's fighting he's struggling with the pilot who's threatening to kill him with a gun Mm -hmm. but then he is trapped there because it's like well how does he get it down he does not know how to steer properly this blimp he manages to get it away from the concert venue you know ultimately it's looking as though the day has been saved uh, with this Uh, deadly blimp, this doom-laden
1: blimp uh, being piloted out towards the sea uh, by Penguin. I love that Harvey has no regard for the fact that Penguin has just saved the city of Gotham. His response is basically going, just let him stay up there and stew. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm wondering whether that's something that that Oswald heard in the background when Jim was talking to him, um, or is the taunt from Jim Gordon, which to anybody else would be a compliment, but Jim says to him, Oswald Cobblepot gotham thanks you which is probably something that oswald doesn't normally expect to get a thank you from the people of gotham for saving them he's now a hero of gotham very impressive <laughs> but he ends off screaming as he goes out to sea in this uh uncontrollable, uncontrollable gigantic <laughs> blimp of gotham i don't know whether he's going to be taking this out on uh on hatter or on um scarecrow in future or whether he might even take it out on jim and harvey Well, it is really, really good that they've
0: positioned Oswald Cobblepot here really against what Jerome is looking to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And and in effect, it's placed him against Scarecrow and Hatter, who seemingly are totally bought into it. You know, chaos is also their uh, way of operating in Gotham, whether it's through the fear toxin Mm -hmm. or whether it is through the hypnosis uh, and mind control. Uh, And this... Kind of plays into their strength. Was deep down at heart, Oswald is still that traditional gangster yep. uh, who wants to run a crime syndicate and underworld that encompasses all of Gotham.
1: And isn't that why he actually goes with Jim's plan in the first place? It's uh, basically how are you going to rule the city of Gotham if everybody in the city is crazy? Is effectively what Jim is telling Oswald. So, uh, so yeah, good good way of uh, of manipulating Oswald to help you out, Jim. I don't really know whether he would have done anything else. I can't think he would have been able to bail out of the blimps. But he probably was just trying to save himself as well.
0: Mm-hmm. But probably. I think moving on to the outcome here and to our case note for the death of Jerome. Yes. Mm. Seemingly... All is well in Gotham after Jim Gordon hunts Jerome down here. I mean, this actually, this is really one of the moments where I just felt Jim Gordon was not thinking about the rules of the playbook. It was, it's time to take this guy out. You know, he shoots him from, um, the crowd at the concert and then tracks him down, shoots him again in the stomach. You think he falls. Now, Jim ultimately does put his hand out to try and save him, but Jerome doesn't take it. He has no intention of taking it and ultimately falls.
1: To his death on top of uh, a car, laughing all the way down. Of course, yes, he knows he's gotten into Jim's skin and to Jim's head. Um, it's really interesting, isn't it, that moment where he's reaching out to Jim, going, "You have to save me. That's your job. You're you're a lawman. You always will be. Or are you a murderer, Jim? Will you let me die? You know, it's a nice little twist of the knife into Jim, and then eventually tells him. I'm going to live on forever. It doesn't matter. I'm an idea, not just a man. Yes. We have heard before from Jerome. And it
0: really ties into a lot of the Joker mythology uh, in terms of from the comics and the the previous movies. You know, if you think of um The Dark Knight, you think of the Joker in that it is about being an idea. You think of that face off between Joker and Batman at the top of the building at the end of Christopher Nolan's films. It's all about him being an idea within the city of Gotham. And it's not just a single person that either Batman or the law enforcement in Gotham can control. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the real key ideas and concepts of the Joker as a character uh, and this is why I think it's really interesting and I think it's also why that you can have so many different origins of this character because it's based around an idea yes and I think ultimately here we get that concept of the joker being reborn again in, in the form of deadly twins with a assured DNA okay they've both had different experiences in their life and have Grown up differently mm-hmm. but ultimately with the death of jerome comes the birth of jeremiah uh, in a very different way yeah really really cool i loved it was a little present left back at his home Initially, it looks like it's from Wayne Enterprises. Mm -hmm. And we've had that conversation between Bruce and Jeremiah all the way through this, where Jeremiah is talking about different projects that he's working on. Obviously, Jeremiah has worked with Thomas Wayne previously. And Bruce really wants to try uh, and be um, his backer and supporter. He's really seeing Jeremiah as uh, a way in which Bruce Wayne maybe can, uh, you know, build Wayne Enterprises or maybe even some of his secret stuff for,
1: um, and as the future Batman. I do also wonder whether he's also trying to keep you know, they keep the friends close, keep your enemies closer kind of thing. I wonder if he has been turned a little bit by Jerome um, and that conversation he had with Jeremiah, where Bruce is thinking, perhaps if I bring him in under Wayne Enterprises and fund what he wants to do, perhaps he won't turn out like Jerome. Absolutely. And I wonder if that's a consideration for Bruce. Bruce is a smart kid, you know, he's got... Yep. He's got A lot of time spent in this city and knows what to do. I wonder if that's part of the reason that he gives them the Wayne Enterprises grant. But as you say, Jeremiah arrives back to his bunker-like home and sees the present with the Wayne Enterprises tag on it, which I think is probably the only reason that he's caught off guard and opens up the box, because he had that conversation with Bruce, so he is expecting something to come in. Maybe not a big, nicely wrapped present, but yes, uh, I wonder I, I would if it say, just caught him off guard slightly. Yes,
0: I would say the purple and, and white flamboyant wrapping may have suggested it wasn't a corporate gift after <laughs> all. Uh, but yeah, really great moment where he opens it, it's a jack-in-the-box, mm-hmm. and he gets a face full of Scarecrow's Joker toxin. And yes, we see the breakdown as a pre-recorded message from Jerome comes in. So he knows in this moment when he is being afflicted by this gas that it is from his brother uh, and that his brother is essentially giving him almost a rule book or a set of instructions to embrace the wide smile and pasty white complexion that is gradually coming over him and played so well by Cameron Mm Monaghan here as well. Really, really enjoyed uh, this turn uh, of jeremiah uh, into something more joker-esque
1: you know here for sure really really good i know you say he was given an instruction book but the instruction book was really just um my days are numbered you can continue on for me burn it down brother burn it all down that's kind of the instruction book that he gets oh Um, yeah the reference here that is taken from the killing joke it's absolutely perfect as monhan rubs his fingers through his hair screaming at the change that's happening to him. It's important to note that what Jerome has done is actually create, it created a different virus just for his brother. This isn't the stuff that was going to be released over the city of Gotham, which would have turned everybody instantly crazy, instantly mad and instantly aggressive. He said he formulated a special one just for Jeremiah to take over from where he was and where he was going to be. So we actually don't know what the effects of this are going to be in the future episodes of Gotham. We will see them, but it won't be like next week he's suddenly running around the city beating people up it's possible that there's a a different effect that there's going to be on Jeremiah. So really intrigued to find that out.
0: And again, I think that's really important to see how Jeremiah as this Joker uh, comes into being. And what his thing is, you know, is it overtly crazy like Jerome uh, and chaotic? Or is it a little more considered giving his background um, and where he's come from? Yes, this gas has made him crazy. But he's still got a different thought process yes. to his, his twin brother. Um, it's all in the shirt DNA. And again, really, really great moment, uh, in Gotham here. It's exciting, isn't it? It's really exciting to see this. We've had the red hood on here. We've had Jerome. We've had all these different kind of ideas of who the Joker may come from. And, and here I think we have, a really good birth of
1: I suppose what I would feel is the Joker who is to come. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing more of this. We go on to our final case note. uh, Case note five, slightly separate to the rest of the episode. Obviously, lots of that stuff is interconnected. Um, The other side of the city of Gotham. Case note five, Babs continues her path to lead the League of Shadows. Yes, she
0: is getting into the groove of this League of Shadows. Mm-hmm. She really really is and it's, you know, she has got the power to to really uh, make her way here. She's got the backing of the ladies of the League of Shadows. Mm-hmm. She's now found Ra's al Ghul's former lair and yeah. is able to access all its secret areas where she sees something more of her destiny, a, a, a painting with Raish and herself from 400 years ago or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all these old antiquity um, objects all around the room. And she really starts to kind of embrace her destiny her role uh, and what it is to be the demon's head uh, and to lead the league of shadows and on the one hand she embraces her new associates of the league of shadows particularly the 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 women's wing of the league of shadows and and the reason why i'm saying that is because obviously we see some other faction or element of the league of shadows that pops up right at the end because at the On the other side, she almost shuns her old life. And in particular, that is personified here by Tabitha Galavan, who really isn't buying into this. I love the moment where Tabitha goes, this is what Barbara would have done. She would have sold all these uh, antiques to the highest bidder and Mm -hmm. made a load of cash. But something's changed with Barbara, primarily from her essence that's still coursing around in her veins you know there must be some kind of controlling element here or she is feeling the power that this can bring her that goes beyond the sirens bar you know she's starting to maybe think bigger yes um and the support that she has and ultimately she chucks tabitha out um but she doesn't do it herself and she says why do i need to do it i don't need to get my hands dirty exactly. with the likes of you when i have people to do it for me but the interesting thing here then is we see a unknown figure in the car seeing tabitha being beaten up by uh, the the assassins from the league of shadows yep. they don't kill her and they say if you come back again we will kill you but she's not killed and um, but is then helped up by seemingly this male faction of the League of Shadows saying that the demon's head is not the same um with Barbara at the head. We'll really see what happens here. This is kind of interesting that there's almost a civil war going on within the League of Shadows, or at least a different view of who is the head of the League of Shadows. Is it Barbara, or is it still the essence or the spirit of Rachel Ghoul, who we're hinted here is going to return. Yeah, yeah. And um, so does that mean that it's not the return of Rachel Ghul through the form of Barbara Keane, or it's Rachel Ghul who was stabbed by Bruce, turned into a one eyed Willy type skeleton <laughs> from the Goonies, um and that it his that it is his re embodiment into the, the form of Rachel Ghul who mm-hmm. they see as being the demon's head, the true demon's head. So this is kind of interesting how it's going to go. Absolutely. Um, even though this was kind of a parallel storyline to what was going on with Jerome, Jeremiah, and Bruce, this also has um, significant consequences awesome. for the world of Gotham because of the competing forces that both um, the Joker will bring in terms of wanting to bring chaos and the League of Assassins, or the League of Shadows, I should say that are they 're about trying to remove that um crime, corruption, immorality, um
1: a- and bring order to Gotham yeah, yeah, and it 's really interesting. The book that Barbara is reading from. she mentions that it 's written written by Eastern mystics and shamans. she says the book contains potions and incantations to protect us from our enemies. And also to raise the dead and contact demons. What we hear from the other members of the League of Shadows, the rival faction of the League of Shadows, is that death is only an illusion. So perhaps Barbara, even though she's their enemy, she, perhaps she's just found the key to raise Rachel Coul from the dead. Yeah, absolutely. Quite cool. Quite interesting. I kind of think this has taken something from the comics here. Uh, there is a character who is connected with uh, Ra's al Ghul called Melisande. Um, she is the mother of Talia al Ghul, who we've seen on some of the other shows. Talia al Ghul eventually becomes the leader of the League of Shadows as well. So uh, I wonder if Barbara's being set up to be the mother of Talia al Ghul, uh, who becomes a very important character in Bruce Wayne's life eventually giving birth to his son Damien Wayne yes so quite a lot of connections with the Al Ghul family and the Wayne family so uh so yes this could be setting up some stuff for the future of the show well it is setting up stuff for the future of the show hopefully the return of Ra's al Ghul love to see Alexander Sadiq back on the show definitely um really good introduction to
0: Barbara looking and seeing her destiny here whoever that may
1: be yeah really really cool I think that's it for our case notes. I've got a couple of quick notes about the episode, if that's all right. Absolutely. Fire away. <laughs> Just what I really liked, because of the music festival taking place in the center of Gotham, they call out that the square is called Paisley Square. I personally think that's a little bit of a reference to Prince, who did the soundtrack to uh, to Batman uh, at his studio's Paisley Park uh, in Minneapolis. So I think they called it the Paisley Square as a little reference to the former uh Party Man Prince. Yes, absolutely.
0: What a great track that is mm-hmm. uh, used in the original
1: Batman movie by Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. Back in 1989. Oh, I was so young back then. And one of the notes I have, I'm not going to give her Gotham character of the week, but I did love that there's a member of the audience when Jerome takes up the uh, the instruments and starts playing music. Even though everybody in the crowd is being held hostage, you see one of the members of the crowd dancing along with this terrible punk song that that Jerome's playing on stage. Totally standout moment. I love when these weird things happen in Gotham, when there's somebody in the audience who's about to get their head blown off, has just seen (laughs) the police commissioner's head being blown off, and the person who's tormenting them all is playing music, so she's dancing along with what's going on. Great little Gotham moment in there. Uh, Jod, what about some Gotham moments of the week? I don't know whether I can pick just one. No, I mean, this is...
0: Full of a lot of moments. I think some of the smaller ones I did like seeing the heads explode um, off uh, <laughs> off the priest and the police commissioner on stage. Gotham's I, changed you, just. I <laughs> think just because it was so in your face. I mean, th- there is that fantastic camera shot where Jerome is kind of now which one, and he kind of just presses any random button, and the priest is behind him, out yeah. of focus, and you just see the head go boom. Um, you know, and it's the expression of of Jerome as well, contrasted with the exploding head behind. You know, fantastic uh, little bit of uh, direction and and framing of that shot, so so good. But I certainly think for me, I loved hearing the tunes of Batman sixty six theme, the uh, coming out in a real sort of rock way on this stage with Jerome going uh, with it as well. I thought yeah. that was very very cool to see that, and again. Again, it's those loving nods back to that original series as well as the films that makes Gotham not just in terms of its storyline, but it's so filled with Easter eggs and just uh, loving references back to all the Batman stuff that has gone beforehand. So I, I really, really thought that was a great moment of the week. And of course, then there is the other great moment of the week as well, which is a big moment of the week. Um, a hugely important and exciting moment of the week, uh, which is Jeremiah getting gas.
1: It's fabulous. It's so well staged, so well put together. Really, really enjoyed that scene. There's so many good moments in this episode. It's quite difficult to pick just one out, much like the Gotham characters of the week. We normally pick out and highlight one individual smaller character who may not be on the show in the future. I'm not too sure whether there's anybody like that that stands out uh, in this particular episode. I really liked the members of the moral authority of Gotham. Where have they been for four seasons? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we don't like what's going on in the last few weeks. Well, sorry, love. There's been this kind of stuff going on for four and a half years now in your city. Um, Where is your moral authority on this city? And what can you actually do to change that? Really liked her. Thought she was really uh, a really good little character to have in there. Um We'll see more of our new mayor, I think, in future. Uh, so I'm not going to give him Gotham character of the week. I think we have to, since it's his final appearance, I think we have to give... Jerome, the Gotham character of the week. Yeah, I think so. Perfectly personified, brilliantly played by Cameron Monaghan. Knowing that we haven't lost Cameron Monaghan from the show as well is a huge benefit, but I do think he had some fabulous moments this week.
0: Ah, definitely. I could not agree with you more. I think Gotham character of the week is Jerome. What he's brought previously uh, in Gotham in the other seasons and what he's brought this time uh, to... Jerome and this season is phenomenal. And I'm really excited to see how different potentially Jeremiah's form of the Joker is as well. Absolutely. And I think this must be so exciting for him as an actor to pull out subtleties uh, that whilst similar in the theme, just project something different for this character as to how they behave so i'm really uh,
1: looking forward to that yeah i'm really excited to see what comes uh, can i just call out a little tweet from cameron monon the other night that i really enjoyed after this episode aired and we had jeremiah's face transforming into the smiley face of uh of the joker as he gets gassed i love that cameron monon tweeted a picture of it and said There, DC go again, putting in a CGI mouth, a little dig at them for the Justice League and their CGI mouth on Henry Cavill to remove his moustache. Nice gag there, Cameron. Absolutely. (laughs) Right, John, your turn. How would you rate this episode of Gotham?
0: I am giving this five toxic blimps out of five. (laughs) Um, Yes, for me, I think this is a seminal moment for Gotham, and that's why I'm giving it five out of Mm 5 But not just that, it was handled so well as well. That's it. You know, we, I think, get the birth of the Joker here. Right. It's always been told Jerome was not the Joker. And they have been true to form, and they have done it so, so well. And they've just added another different view of how the Joker is created, mm-hmm. which I think is what this character is all about, whether it is through the red hood, whether it is through the person who shoots... um the, the Wayne family, uh, Tom and Martha, Thomas and Martha. Jack
1: Napier back in the yeah.
0: Batman movies. Yeah. You know, there are many different routes to the creation of this character, mm-hmm. you know, in the comics and through the films that I think means that this is in that same tradition. And I think it was done incredibly well. Yeah. And I think just overall the episode bringing it to that, um, massive conclusion was fantastic from the blimp with the toxic gases with penguin piloting it with the attack on wayne enterprises with the attack on bruce wayne the attack on jeremiah by jerome having them as hostages on that stage the birthday of bruce and connecting it to the birth of the joker mm-hmm. all of this really really good as well as providing this other side of the threat to Gotham through the League of Shadows and seeing Barbara embrace that really, really good. And that is why I absolutely
1: give this five toxic blimps out of five. Yeah, good one, Gotham. Keep it going with these awesome episodes. Really, really enjoying them. Uh, I think we had a bit of feedback in for this episode, John. Very important episode to some of our fellow Gothamites. So uh, let's go on to feedback. Our first piece of feedback comes in from Claire Payne over an email. She says, Hello, Gotham TV Podcast, and happy birthday, Master B. Our future Batman has turned 18, and his birthday present from Alfred gave me goosebumps. Another deep, meaningful scene from these two, and the joy that Alfred expressed from receiving a hug from Bruce was emotional. Bruce in this episode showing more and more of his capabilities becoming the Batman. Without overdoing it, I have several favorite scenes from this episode, and Bruce's first meeting with Jeremiah was one of them. Bruce recognizes a genius at work, and the way he explains what Jim and Lucius are asking them to do can set his fear of Jerome free. That is a really good scene, Claire, when we have that moment of Bruce meeting Jeremiah for the first time. It's kind of a a meeting of people on the same level, I suppose, uh, or people that can at least work with each other in future, like that we have... Um Wayne Enterprises giving a grant to uh, to support Jeremiah let's see how that works actually. yes and they most certainly will be working together in the future yeah, they will and they just don't know it quite yet <laughs> Claire continues goodbye Jerome I will miss this maniac Cameron Monaghan has sculpted him brilliantly through the four seasons another incredible scene between Jerome and Jim when Jerome asks Jim if he's a lawman or a murderer Jim chooses to be a lawman but Jerome takes that away from him and falls to his death at least we're not losing Cameron as an actor in Gotham. Jeremiah never escaped the laughing gas and the start of the Joker begins. Standard action moment for me has to be the slow motion of the weapons being thrown at the men in the Sirens Club giving Tabitha a hard time. It was so impressive how you could see the breeze of the weapons moving from moving Barbara's hair and the way Tabitha turned her head. That was so impressive, wasn't it? The ladies of the league throwing their ninja stars across the room. Yeah. So good. Yeah. We
0: didn't mention it in, in our points but absolutely that was some really
1: good uh cgi moments here yeah and claire says my character of the week is going to be oswald cobblepot he brought a lot of nice lightness to an extremely intense and gripping episode first of all admitting to jim that jerome scares the hell out of him confirmed that oswald was just going along with jerome because he needed to know what he was doing even though jerome never gave too much away good to see jim and oswald working on the same side again They're old friends. They are.
0: That was really good. But, of course, it was Oswald's part to play in this whole plan was to go to Jim and inform him. And, again, it's one of those great moments, whether it's Jerome or the Joker, misdirection plays a huge part uh, in this king of clowns, uh, whoever it might be and in whatever form. And this, as always, is, I think... A big misdirection. It is about getting the more concentrated, different form of this toxin into Jeremiah's um, apartment with Wayne Enterprises on it. So he will open it. Yes. Really,
1: really good. Yeah. I wonder does that mean he's going to blame Wayne Enterprises for what happened to him in the future? Interesting.
0: I did think that, and mm. I was
1: thinking that is going to be
0: one of the reasons why maybe he's always going after Bruce Wayne, but Unless he forgets that he's heard his brother's voice as well, whilst he's transformed and been uh, changed, then he must know true. that
1: it, it is Jerome. But we'll see. Yep, Claire continues. So this penguin did fly in a blimp. <laughs> I had to look up what it was called in Gotham. I had heard of airships and zeppelins because there was one in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. There was. Wasn't that the famous Hindenburg zeppelin? I think it could have been. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, Yes, the zeppelin is the German word for
0: airship. That's right. That's right. Created by Mr. Zeppelin, I believe.
1: That's why it's called a zeppelin. Interesting. I think. So it's not a translated word no. for airship. Okay. Okay. Very good, John. Claire says, Oswald's reaction and having to steer this was so comical. But it all turned out well. Oswald helped save Gotham City, and Gotham thanks him for it, but only because he wouldn't be able to run his empire, the city full of lunatics. I hope by the next episode, Oswald is back on the ground, unless Harvey is still letting him stew up there. Again, this was an episode where every character was interesting, story was gripping, and Gotham is definitely delivering. Thanks so much for that feedback, Claire. I think you're probably on the same page as us. This is one of the best episodes we've seen this season A season full of great episodes.
0: Completely. Thank you, Claire, so much for the feedback. It's always great to hear your thoughts. And definitely, I think Oswald did deliver that lighter side to it. Seeing him stewing, as you say, in the blimp was fantastic. Mm -hmm. We got in some feedback through on email as well. You can send in uh, any thoughts by email. Just go to feedback at Podcast.com and send your thoughts. Uh, Dylan Meyer goes... Hey guys, another fantastic episode this week with nearly every character, Sans, Ed, and the Doctor, showing their true selves in each scene from Oswald being scared and coming to Jim for help and Selina wanting to spend time with Bruce. I feel there was hardly anyone trying to deceive one another for their own success, which I found quite pleasant. Mm. The Legion of Horrors each displayed their loyalty with the exception of Oswald, whom Jerome easily saw through in his hesitations when around the Legion members. I will say it was awkward that Alfred gave Bruce a car for his birthday, especially after how much Bruce was a jerk earlier in the season, but this was a fantastic way to deliver their version of the Batmobile. I'm calling it that because it's bulletproof. (laughs) Absolutely. And especially because I am a Mustang enthusiast. Oh,
1: yes love a good Ford Mustang.
0: Yeah, it looks so cool with the Mustang horse on the front, on the grille of that uh, car, mm-hmm. uh, and a really nice matte black as well, just so it camouflages into the dark nights of Gotham. Mm-hmm. Anyways, my line of the week is Oswald telling Jim, steer a blimp. I don't even drive my own car. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. And I'd say my character of the week is Tabitha because she definitely stayed true to herself and tried to confront her friend, Babs, and didn't back down when faced with three members of the League of Shadows. It'll be very interesting to see what was meant when it was said Death is an illusion in future episodes. Can't wait until next week. All the best, Dylan. Thank you so much, Dylan, for that. Um yeah, it's gonna be really interesting what death is an illusion actually means here. You know, is it that Rachel Ghoul ultimately is within Barbara, or is Barbara still her own person? Mm. Or is there gonna be some kind of Transformation or mystical element here from all these, um, books and scribes that are there that Barbara will use to resurrect Rachel Gould. Remember, there is the Lazarus pit as well. So we have to really see uh, what goes on uh, in Gotham. And I think in particular now that we see a dissenting voice within the League of Shadows that are currently uh, sceptical of Barbara at the helm with um, another part of the League of Shadows. So, yeah, this is turning out to be um, a little more Civil War-y than uh, I thought it was going to be. And I'm really interested to see what happens, uh,
1: who will ultimately be the demon's head yeah and we knew that it couldn't be all the members of the league of shadows that came over to uh babs and tabitha's sirens club uh, to introduce themselves and then all the men get killed we knew it couldn't have been the entire warrior army despite how powerful they are so nice to see that there are more members of the league of shadows around which is pretty cool uh, enjoyed that oh and really nice call out there dylan i like the tabitha did not back down when yeah. she was faced with Three members of the League of Shadows who are telling her were trained in 90 forms of combat. You're not going to win this. She did a pretty good job for, she, she survived pretty well for a couple of minutes before they eventually took her down. But, uh, a nice little moment. I also like the fact that the other members of the League of Shadows watched on, didn't, didn't stop, uh, Tabitha from being kicked in the stomach over and over again. They just waited for the ladies of the League to walk away before approaching, uh, Tabitha. Yes. A <laughs> plans are afoot. Yes.
0: Yeah, Watson.
1: Absolutely. plans are afoot, I think. And over on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Gotham TV podcast, we got a little bit of feedback in from Rhonda Coyle. Uh, she says, so Jerome's brother Jeremiah is the Joker, even though the present said it was from Wayne Enterprises, it was from Jerome. The gas was more powerful than the gas was going to be released on the city. You saw the white face and the happy face and the laugh like the Joker. So will Jeremiah make it back on the show in season five? We will see. Slowly we'll learn more about the Joker and who he is as he becomes the clown prince of crime. But not without his partner, Harley Quinn. I think she'll be on the show soon, or at least I hope so. The League of Shadows will form slowly when Rachel al Ghul returns. And from next week, I think we'll see Bruce continue to, to slowly become more Batman. I think that Bruce and Kitty Cat are going to kiss and begin slowly falling into their love and hate relationship. In a previous episode, we saw Bruce's doppelganger push Selina out of the window, which started the love-hate relationship between the two of them. So what do you think's going to happen in season five to come? Will we see Harley Quinn and Penguin and Riddler grow to become the villains we know them to be? Thanks for that feedback, Rhonda. There's some interesting points in there. I actually think we're going to get Jeremiah back this season of Gotham. We've still got four episodes left of the season. I think we're going to see what the effect of that gas was on Jeremiah in at least one more episode towards the end of the season. Interesting that Rhonda mentioned Harley Quinn uh, here. I know a lot of people have wanted Harley Quinn on Gotham, a character originally created for the animated series and brought into the comic books afterwards, and a hugely popular fan-favorite character. Um The reason why it's quite interesting is because the final episode of this season of Gotham pays reference to the first comic book that Harley Quinn was brought into the comic book universe. Excellent. So I'm wondering if the reason why it's called that is because maybe we do get the appearance of harley quinn in the show yes a a very
0: early version of harley quinn no doubt maybe Mm -hmm. because jeremiah is apprehended and put into arkham asylum were his maybe slightly more devoted than she should be uh arkham psychologist and psychiatric uh dr um harleen quinzel maybe uh, maybe um ultimately
1: starts her own journey to the dark side of gotham yeah i'm sure we're going to see bruce and selena's um relationship continue to grow again i like the fact that selena came over the house for pretty much no reason other than to spend a bit of time (laughs) with bruce it's nice to see we don't get to see that very often in in gotham Uh, it tends to use its time to propel the storyline quite significantly when someone always comes to a place for a specific reason these guys have to hang out occasionally so nice to see a little bit of that i wonder will we ever see the Ganger again john what do you think it will be
0: interesting. I think he probably is slowly dying somewhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we did know that ultimately um he wasn't going to be able to survive. So maybe he will ultimately die off stage here uh, in Gotham. Mm-hmm. But I really do hope we see the the Bruce Allganger back. And I think as well Captain Barnes as the executioner. Yes. I think that would be really nice to see him back. Um, and there are hints here you know with the potential for hugo strange to be coming back as well mm-hmm. but possibly uh he there's this other
1: set of villains that can still come back absolutely it's a big wild world out there in gotham and death is only an illusion after all John. yes exactly Thanks so much for that feedback, Rhonda, and thanks to all the feedback so far. Make sure you get your feedback into us as we finish up the last four episodes of Gotham. I have a little bit more time each week because we're going to be a little bit later uh, for the next four episodes, but we will be recording our episodes each week as we go towards the end of the season. Next week, we're back with Gotham, Season 4, Episode 19, To Our Deaths and Beyond. Ooh, Buzz Lightyear arrives into Gotham. Almost. Almost. I'm not sure whether to our deaths and beyond would be uh, would <laughs> yeah. be something that he'd a be A darker
0: version of Buzz Lightyear. Slightly, yes. Yes. Yes, and with that, thank you, as always, for listening to Gotham TV Podcast. Yes, I'm off to go and steer a blimp for the afternoon, um, and then maybe be left up there for the next week. But once I'm down, once the blimp has deflated, uh, I
1: will be back to speak with you again next time. Excellent. I can't even do that. I don't even drive my own car. Thanks for being a Butch supporter. Butch loves you, baby.